0: Grace, mercy, and peace be in you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's so nice to be able to preach to faces and to people. And instead of just some people over here, but preaching to the camera. But I'm still preaching to the camera. We're not forgetting the people live streaming. Um, so kind of, but it's, it's good to have somebody that I'm communicating to and feel like we're communicating here. It's Pentecost Day. Our text today is from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Dear friends of Christ, you know, here you have Pentecost. The disciples were filled with grief because Jesus had told them that he was leaving them. And that was the sad news, that Jesus was going to ascend into heaven. The good news is that when Jesus ascended into heaven, that he promised to send them the Holy Spirit to comfort them, to guide them, to strengthen them, and to lead them into an eternal victory. And in the book of Acts, though we read the words... But they're not just meant for the disciples. Those words in the book of Acts are meant for you. The Holy Spirit promises the same thing to you. To guide you, to teach you, to lead you into all truth. To help you deal with the difficult problems of life. But more importantly, to point you to Jesus. So that your soul can be saved. Because you see, when it comes to the Holy Spirit... It's all about Jesus. And so our theme, the Holy Spirit, points us to Jesus. You know, last week we talked about the kingdom of God, about love, and how we are witnesses of that love. We're supposed to tell people, right? God has called us to do that. Uh, So these words that Jesus gave His disciples apply to us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria and to the end of the earth. You are the witness of Christ's forgiving and redeeming love. Now, I'm not going to give a repeat sermon of, of last week, but it is about kingdom. It is about His love. And you know that love. You know His blessings. You know how important it is to your soul that you believe and be saved. And you get all that Right? That's why you're here. Because the Holy Spirit's already worked in your heart. He's already communicated to you that that knowledge of your salvation. And, And you know that all your sins are forgiven. You know that you live constantly in His grace. Constantly in His love. Constantly in that kingdom. And now, you're a witness of that. To share it with others. The Holy Spirit is revealed to you to share the message to the people around you. And you know people. You know people. You get to know them. You're close to them. You love them. You work with them. They're your neighbors. You talk with them. And you want them to have the same blessings that you have in Christ Jesus. You want them to be saved too, right? Of course we do. We don't want anybody to suffer the pains of eternal hell. And on this Pentecost Sunday, we want the Holy Spirit to be working in them. The Holy Spirit is with us to do that. The Holy Spirit's with us. The Holy Spirit's with you. And that's the promise that we have on this Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit is here to help us testify, to tell about the blessings we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't live in some distant, faraway place. That's the kind of the way we talk about God. Yeah, God, as if he's out there so far away. No, the Holy Spirit is right here. The Holy Spirit's inside of us. The Holy Spirit's help here to help us testify, to equip us, to tell. And the Holy Spirit is here, and he's involved in every aspect of, of your life every aspect how you think how you move how you learn and he was the holy spirit was with his disciples too but they were slow to learn the holy spirit was there for them but they were slow to understand how big a how huge of a blessing pentecost would be to the church jesus told them for it's good that i go away I have to go away. Unless I go away, the Counselor, who of course is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send the Counselor to you. You see, when Jesus, when Jesus takes something away from us, when we lose something, He always provides something of equal or greater value. Every single time. The disciples were about to lose Jesus. And he was about to ascend into heaven, and they would see him no more. And he was going to go be with his heavenly father. However, a greater blessing would follow in the wake of his ascension the sending of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the counselor, to equip the church. Have you ever lost something? You know, maybe it was a pet. Or maybe it was a job, or maybe it's your health, or maybe it's a, the, uh, the life of, a, of somebody you loved. And I want you to think of that day when you had to say goodbye. Well, that's how the disciples felt as they watched Jesus ascend into heaven. They lost him. They needed comfort. They needed guidance. They needed hope. They needed a counselor, and so do we. And so the Holy Spirit, our counselor, or the word for it is comforter, comes. The Greek word for counselor has a thought of somebody who comes up and starts talking to you. He starts communicating to you in your ear and in your heart and in your mind. He's speaking to you. He's giving you that guidance you need in times of trouble. They needed a counselor. We need a counselor. They needed hope. The Holy Spirit gives us hope. Jesus said, all this I have spoken while I'm still with you, but the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he'll remind you. He will remind you what I said to you. You know, God, the Holy Spirit uses God's word to encourage us. That's that's why the Bible is so important. The Holy Spirit uses God's word to teach us about Jesus, he uses God's word to give us hope in times of hopelessness, gives us God's word to cling to our salvation, and helps us to remember, to remember the promises of God. I want you to think about that last time when you lost somebody that you loved and you're grieving. What helped you get through the grief? Was it not the Word of God? Was it not the promises of God? The Holy Spirit working in your heart, the Lord is my shepherd. And you remember that promise, and remembering that promise, you made it through that crisis, right? Right? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He communicates with you. The Holy Spirit comforts your grieving through the words of a hymn or or maybe through the message of a pastor or maybe through the voice of a friend, a Christian friend. The Holy Spirit is constantly here, pointing you to Jesus. And Satan doesn't like that. In fact, Satan hates it. Because Satan is here to cause you pain. Satan is here to cause you grief. And he challenges you to question Jesus and to question his faithfulness. The Holy Spirit points you to Jesus. He points you to your hope. He points you to your comfort. He points you to his redeeming blood. And leads us to confidently confess, if we walk in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And so the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see Jesus, opens our hearts to believe in him. Satan, he wants to lead you away from Jesus. Satan points you to darkness. He points you to Your despair, He misleads you. He points you to wallow in your pain. To wallow in your pain without hope. To wallow in your pain without any eternal victory. To wallow in your pain with no promise. No hope for an eternal victory. And Revelation, however, reveals Satan's final fate. The devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur and there they will be tormented day and night forever. Satan's work is destructive. And Satan points you away from the Lord so that your hearts will be downcast. Has your heart ever been downcast? Where you just can't see how things are fitting together? Listen to the words of Psalm 42. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? And then it goes on to say, put your hope in God. And it's the Holy Spirit who does that. It's the Holy Spirit who renews your hope. It's the Holy Spirit who enables you to cling. The Holy Spirit who restores to you the joy of your salvation. And Romans 8 tells us the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. Martin Luther wrote in his Pentecost hymn, O Holy Spirit, shield supreme, the word of life upon us beam, and teach us all the highest art to call God Father from the heart. O oh Lord, keep us from falsehood free. Let Jesus' soul, our master, be that with a faith correct and right, we place our trust in him with all our might. The Holy Spirit fills you with all the love that Jesus has for you. The Holy Spirit fills you with that kingdom of God that we talked about last week. The Holy Spirit points you to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just point you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to point everyone, the whole world to Jesus. And should they not reject the, the pleading of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is here to convict their hearts. You share your faith, the Holy Spirit's working to convict their heart. You can be assured of that. Now, they may reject all that. They may turn away from your words. They might may not listen to you, but you're not the Holy Spirit. You're just the vessel of the words. And so you proclaim the hope that we have in Christ Jesus and let the Holy Spirit do His convicting for their hearts to believe, just as Jesus promised when He said, when the counselor comes, He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and and He will convict the world of righteousness and convict the world of judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. You know, the world does not need the Holy Spirit to convict them that the world is filled with bad things and bad people. They're already convicted of that. The world doesn't need the Holy Spirit to be convicted that there is wickedness, that there is evil. They see it around them. We see it in Minneapolis. We see it in all the cities right now with the riots that are going on because of George Floyd's death, his murder. We don't need to be convicted of the great injustice that happened to him as he was murdered. However, the world does need to be convicted of sin. Especially of their own sin of their own lost condition, of their own need for a Savior. You see, if the Holy Spirit is there, we then come to Christ. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't. The Holy Spirit leads them to Jesus. You know, people are drawn to sin like flies are drawn to food. If you're at a picnic, you know what that's like. It drives you nuts. Jeremiah 17, 6 says, The heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure. Who can understand it? Without the Holy Spirit, all of us, all of us would wander away from God. Without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be able to confess your faith in Jesus Christ. And without the Holy Spirit, no one would be convicted of sin. No one could be saved. So the Holy Spirit comes. He comes to you. He comes to convict the world in uh, in regard to sin. To show us our sin and point us to Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit convicts the world also in regard to righteousness. Jesus said, in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no more. When Jesus was on earth, he taught the people. That their righteousness, their own goodness was inadequate. Their own goodness was unacceptable. Unacceptable. Some things are unacceptable to the Lord. Remember Cain's offering to God? Unacceptable. Numbers talks about making sacrifices to God. Unacceptable sacrifices. Do not bring anything with a defect because it will not be accepted. And unbelievers are unacceptable to God. Revelation reads, but as for the cowardly and the unbelieving, their portion will be in the lake that burns in fire and sulfur. And the Holy Spirit wants to open their eyes. The Holy Spirit wants to convict them. Open their eyes to see Jesus. Open their hearts to believe. And the Holy Spirit's opened your eyes. And you understand. You get it. And you know what the Bible says about your own self made righteousness, your own self made goodness. Unacceptable. It's toxic. Romans 3 says Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law by observing the rules of God. But rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. You know, I may, be, I may appear to be righteous and, 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 and upstanding to people in the community. They may see that I'm trying to live a decent life. And they, you know, may, I'm, I may even help feed the hungry or give money to the poor. However, in God's eyes, without Jesus, my righteousness, my goodness is unacceptable. I'm nothing. I'm unrighteous, unholy, unsaved, hopeless. Unacceptable to God. And that's not acceptable to the Holy Spirit. And so he comes to convict. He comes to teach. Which is why the Holy Spirit has pointed you to Jesus. So that you can cling to that salvation. He's worked faith in your heart. And the Holy Spirit enables us to see the the blood of Jesus' righteousness. That gift that washes all our sins away. That leads you to believe. The prophet Isaiah expressed, I greatly desire in the... I, I greatly I delight greatly I delight greatly in the Lord my soul rejoices in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and he's arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. See the Holy Spirit's with us. And praise God he's worked that miracle in your heart but there's still more work to be done isn't there we're witnesses to share about the kingdom of God that the Holy Spirit might be working in the hearts of people who do not confess and are not saved. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.